Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote and Alan Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Office 365 focused IT security professionals. Each episode, we talk about a specific topic in the space. This week, it's episode 20 of season three. We're going to have a chat around Windows 365 and Azure Virtual Desktop and comparing each of the solutions and their features and benefits. Hey, Alan, how are you doing this week? Hey, Sam, I'm not doing too bad. How are you? Can't believe this is our uh, 20th episode of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, thanks. And yeah, it is quite unbelievable to me that this is episode 20 of season three. It's... Um, it's quite interesting because I was I was looking through the episodes because we're talk, going to talk about Windows 365 and AVD, and it's it seems crazy to me that AVD was episode two of this season, which is eighteen episodes ago, right? Yeah. So um, it's just yeah, it's it's every week and it's just part of the the normal programming now, isn't it? So yeah, it just it just goes so fast, doesn't it? Yeah, I can't I can't believe it's. Um... Like I say, I can't believe it's episode twenty. Let alone it's been twenty weeks since the beginning of the year. <laughs> let alone, yeah, exactly. How many episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking, um, because it, it it's <laughs> it's my birthday coming up, um, soonish, and it's sort of starting to you know become like the longest day of the year. And I was thinking, it feels like it's it, it's only just been the new year. Do you know what I mean? It's quite mm. scary that it's like <laughs> halfway through the year, at ne- nearly at this at this point. So. Yeah, time does fly. So, Alan, um, we're going to talk about Windows 365 and um, Azure Virtual Desktop. Um, I don't think we're going to dive too deeply into each of these technologies, right? We're going to um, sort of compare and contrast because they are very similar, aren't they, um, in, in what they do? Yeah, exactly. And we've had those other... Um, I'll do a quick overview in a minute of them, but you know, we've had the other episodes to sort of dive into them. Um, so if anyone hasn't listened to them yet um, windows 365 was a couple of weeks ago on uh, season three episode 18 and avd as you said sam was the beginning of the season uh so season three episode two so check those out if you want a bit of a deeper dive into them yeah exactly so so alan yeah let's 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 start and jump right into it so um could you give us a high level just you know quick overview of both technologies yeah sure so um windows 365 and avd are remote desktop services in effect um they allow you to connect to a remote desk you know to a machine um in the cloud um where you can you know where they're running win- uh, windows 10 or windows 11 and they act like a machine like a pc that you can do your day-to-day work on um the main difference around them is that um azure veg desktop avd um is um Deployed and configured in the Azure portal, and you can tr- you in effect deploy the whole process, or if you know all the components in there. Um, Windows three six five in effect is a, a cloud PC, um, acts like a you know desktop or a PC that you would normally have you know physically, um, and Microsoft manage the sort of back end. And we'll talk a bit more about the differences and stuff like that. But that's a very high level um, sort of overview of them. I guess they kind of. Using an organization to, to provide you know access to services. And are they very similar actual technology under the hood? Is that right? Yep. So they are. Um, uh, Windows three six five is based on Azure Virtual Desktop uh, management plane, 
So it's just really just around the the actual infrastructure that's being um, deployed and some of the other sort of there's some extra features on the Windows 365 side to be make it more inter integrated with um, uh, into you know Windows 11 things like that with other apps kind of thing. Okay, yeah, so that's great. So you've got sort of a um, they're they're both cloud hosted, but one is effectively more controlled by you or configurable by you you know um is yeah. there there a some is there a you know a trade-off between simplicity and flexibility if, if that makes sense between the two solutions yeah so there is a difference between the two yeah because you've got a, uh, yeah you're right the av the avd is more flexible but there they can can become more complex maybe more um more an overhead on management depending on how you you know how you deploy it and things like that um and we yeah, with the windows 365 potentially there's there's quite um there's less flexibility about what you can use it for so that's kind of why this episode's sort of around not this one's better than the other kind of thing it's more this fits your scenario because they are you know they're practically the, in effect the same thing it just depends on what you're using it for Really? Yeah, it's the same like area of technology, isn't it? And it's maybe yeah. it's more applicable, you know, in different scenarios. So I suppose that leads me quite nicely into this question is, is, you know, how do you choose which one to use? Is there a process that you would go through, you know, that you'd work with with somebody to to, to identify what's right for them? Yeah, so there's there's probably a few areas that you have to take into consideration. Um, I mean, one part is generally the technology itself. Um, so is, is the remote desktop services the right thing for your scenario? Because that's a general thing. It might be, you need, it needs to be physical machines, um, potentially. Um, but some of the other areas are really around the cost, um, how you're using it. So kind of what I said, you know, but within those two technologies, how you, how you're going to use it, the applications that are running on, you know, on the, the end users cloud machines, um, and as well as like we kind of just talked about the the operational overhead, whether you've got the um, the skills, the capability to manage the infrastructure. You know, if you if you got you know if you're in Azure already, and you know your um, your teams, your your technical teams are able to manage virtual machines quite well. You know, you've got that that process in place potentially. Okay, so you know, are, are we saying that some organisations? may choose either technology based on their you know um internal knowledge and skill set you know is 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 that is that one sort of key i assume that's a key part of it if one's sort of easier to adopt then you, you know you, you may think that, that that would be easier for certain teams to manage yeah definitely yeah so um if if we kind of go into that i guess um then yes, the the Windows, you know, Windows three six five is very um, simplistic on its deployment. Um, it's all done via Intune, um, and we talked about this, you know, a couple of seasons, a couple of episodes ago. But you know, it's all done in Intune. Uh, as long as you just know how to manage sort of um, uh, configurations within Intune, so maybe just do a baseline policy for it. Um, in effect, all you do is assign a license to a user. And then the device, the machine is provisioned for you, for you, and then they can connect to it, and you know that's it. They're they're connected. Um, that's the simplest thing. You know, you would want to add some more 
you know, security on top of it, policies, things like that. But at a high level to get a, a box there, you know, it's it's almost that like just adding a license, applying a couple of policies and, and then it provisions. Um, from an Azure Veg desktop side of things, um, you have to sort of know Azure quite well, per se, especially uh, managing virtual machines. Um, the, the Azure Veg desktop side of it isn't, I would say, too complicated. It's it's a little bit complicated, isn't it, Sam? But generally, it's not too bad to get a, a, a an AVD environment up. It's whether to then managing it and the the you know, the after management of it is is a bit more complex. Yeah, because once once you've once you've got all of the AVD specific resources up and running, you know, like your host pools, application groups, applications, so they're like one time configurations, aren't they? Mm. You know, if you did. Okay, yes, that could be overwhelming if you don't know that technology. I can, you know, completely agree with that. You know, there is a learning curve there. You, you, you need to understand how to configure it. Um, but then I feel like, t- to me, the complexity is is more in the, um, the the management of the the virtual machine. You know, um, things patch like um, things like that. Yeah, patch management, um, log, log ingestion. You know, th- those were the complex things to, you know, um, you know, s- streaming logs up into log analytics was, it-, it wasn't, it wasn't hard, but it was, you know, it to, to get a to get a more simplistic AVD environment set up, you know, is is relatively simple. You know, it's it's all the things around it, and I suppose that is what Windows three six five takes away from you, right? But I suppose you still need to do that, wouldn't you? Because you'd still need to, you'd, you'd still need to um, stream your logs, wouldn't you? So I suppose that 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 argument between well, the two is mute, isn't it? No, you probably wouldn't, because we, you're not worried about the service. The reason why we'd only stream the logs would be for the AVD service, wouldn't it? To see, make sure that things are not um, breaking, and we're seeing those the, the you know, those errors, things like that with. With a PC, I suppose we don't. We yeah, we don't care about the performance counters, do we? I suppose you know. And okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, so it's the it's the ongoing patching, and I think as well the, um, like the 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 right sizing the environment, you know, picking the SKUs, you know, and all of that kind of specialist, um, virtual machine knowledge that you need, you know, um. That's all picked for you, isn't it? Right, you just press a button and you get a you get a box. Yes and yes and no at the same time because you've got to and this is this is why it's sort of here or there with it is that you've got to choose your SKU for Windows three six five, and if you choose incorrectly, it's not the end of the world. But if you've signed up to a year's subscription for that SKU, then you've got to keep it for a year. Or you've got to pass it to somebody else, and then that other user then got to have a larger skew or lower skew, whichever way you want to to work with it. That's the probably the, the only the difference around AVD is that that is changed instantly because of how it's how it's costed. Yeah, I suppose that that would only um, that would become less of an issue in a larger sort of environment, wouldn't it? I suppose you know if you're You've potentially got a large pool of licenses and things like that, but then again, you'd want to keep it. You want to keep it quite efficient in terms of mm-hmm. you wouldn't want 
you you don't need spare capacity lying around with that because it's a it's like a licensing it's just like a buy another license it's not like a we need to be able to spin a box up or something like that you know so you probably won't do that yeah yeah it depends on um and we're kind of going to cost now so you know let's just talk about that quickly that avd is based on azure consumption so you only pay for when it's powered on and you pay for storage of the disk itself um which isn't you know isn't going to isn't huge amounts um and windows 365 is a subscription based so you buy a SKU level you know uh you know two C, you know four virtual cpus 8 gig of ram and 256 gigabytes of data you know storage um and you pay monthly for it um and you know they both work um there's probably a tipping point when maybe an avd doesn't make sense from a cost perspective um that you have to flip it over to you know in effect a windows 365 because with the windows 365 you're in effect paying for it to be running 24 7 where with avd if you're not using it or it's it's not used as often you know infrequent then you can pay for just your usage which then becomes a cost saving um but of course you've got to think about the overhead you know cost overhead on that of actually managing it um but with windows 365 it's also worth considering that if you go into and it's it's not a bad thing but if you're going into into an ea agreement or something to get you know discount and things like that you want to add the you know the SKUs in there you've got to do that sort of validation of your usage of it because you might decide to buy you know one SKU type and realize it doesn't fit that's not the end of the world don't get me wrong but you've got to then use them and if i remember it's every year you have to change i think you can only true up i don't know if you, i don't know if, you, if i if i remember i don't think you can true down i might be wrong on that because i've never really dealt with an ea directly an ea agreement process so um but yeah, you have to choose, you know, what it is. And if you need another SKU, potentially you won't get that discount because you've chosen a different SKU to add to the EA agreement sort of thing. If there is a discount, you know, it depends on that, you know, that contractual agreement that you, you go through or process. Yeah, I suppose it depends, you know, the types of users that you've got as well in your organization, right? If all your personas are like the same or very similar, you know, mm-hmm. let's say in your organization, you've got mostly you know, Outlook, Teams, web browser, right? Let's say everybody usually gets a four core with eight gig of RAM, as an example. Yeah. Then in those scenarios, Windows 365 is potentially really simple to, you know, um, Mm. to to align with, if that makes sense, right? Um, But I suppose if you're, if this is... um, if if this these environments are maybe something separate for people that have laptops anyway, maybe you're not using it to replace a an actual, well no, yeah, replace a you know a, a machine physical, yeah. for a user, a physical machine for a user. Um, you know, maybe it's a like a privileged access workstation, or it's a you know another remote environment, you know, or a jump box, or whatever it is, or development environment maybe. Um, mm-hmm you know those scenarios can be more complicated to work out well for both sides i would then say if if that makes sense i suppose yeah. it's right to say that avd you can split your 
your resources however you see fit, can't you? Mm-hmm. You could say, you know, I want this hostable to be this type of virtual machine with this, you know, and split up to this many people. I want, you know, this host pool to be a completely different type of, like maybe this is a GPU host pool. Maybe this is a, you know, um, you know, general usage um, host pool. Maybe this host pool, it's eight people to a box, you know, because they're light users and, you know, all of those different scenarios. Um, so that, that there is potential for there to be cost savings on the ABD side. Um, but I think, as you've mentioned, you you maybe trade that with operation overhead, you know, because um, the way I kind of see it is if you're already managing a VDI environment, and let's say you're some sort of like you're a Citrix or something like that, uh, uh, you know, at, at the moment, then AVD is going to feel quite a home to you, isn't it? Of yeah, slicing those boxes up and, and sharing it and all of that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. And again, AVD doesn't have to be multi-session. It can be, you know, pooled, you know, single one-to-one machines or, you know, dedicated personal one machines as well. So it can act like Windows 365, absolutely. It's just whether it makes sense to or not kind of thing. Um, yeah, because if you, if you were doing that, would, would the argument be if you just wanted one-to-one boxes, the, where would the... Where would the argument skew to AVD? Would it just be about mainly about usage? Like if it was only used like, you know, a couple of hours a week or a day a week or something like that? Yeah. So if, if you had personal one-to-one machines that was you know, mapped to each user, then it might be that they don't use it that often. Maybe they do only work two days a week or something like that, that you've got to then, you know, you only got to look after it for that amount of time and it's only powered on for when they're using it. Um. I know that you do have that sort of the front line um, sort of um, license now coming into Windows 365, um, but that might not make sense because they might all, you know, your whole team might work all the same day sort of thing, the same days. Um, yeah, you got that scenario, um, but it might be that the pooled version where you've got 10 machines, 15 machines available to people that they don't keep, the, you know, they don't, they're non-persistent ones that, you know, they 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 go onto whichever box is available, sort of thing. Um, that might be useful because you can just power them up when you need them. So you might have a pool of twenty machines that are one to one, but only maybe on one day fifteen are, are, are running, and maybe another day there's only two. You know that's a quite a big potentially a quite a big saving from that scenario compared to Windows three six five. But like you said, you've still got that you know potential complex or overhead of managing it as well so it is quite complex to think about which way and i think it's always when going into it it's always looking at both sides and wondering when that tipping point is um yeah and i suppose i suppose it can be quite hard for organizations to even make that decision because if you if you've never used either solution then mm. windows 365 is going to probably seem quite attractive because of the lower barrier to entry if 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 that makes sense so i suppose it it must be it must be quite um hard to navigate that that decision process i mean you know windows 365 that you know there's a couple of skews there but you know for small business with you know small it teams perfect absolutely perfect 
been you know you got a, you got a you know an IT company looking after your you know your environment because that generally happens with small businesses they're able to provision them for you they don't need to know they don't have to be you know AVD experts or Azure experts at that point and they can just spin you up some machines for you to use yeah because it's just endpoint management at that point isn't it yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's yeah. in the cloud or a laptop at that point it's effectively no. the same thing yeah. and and you know it is that simple for you know bigger enterprises it's not to say that it's just designed for you know, small business it's just the scale at that point the cost of the scale of you know that that large sort of environment you've probably already got teams that do azure or you've already got teams that are doing you know like you know device management or like you said you might already have an rds environment with another you know with like citrix like you said or, or you know on-premise rds yeah. you, know, you might have you know most of those skills to be able to do it and to be fair there's no reason why in large, in large organizations whilst making the decision about which way to go that you start with avd and i say that because you can decide on the the sizes of the machines without committing to a month three months a year and get it not, not potentially get it wrong but not being efficient with it um with your choice at least then you can try it out because you can you can spin up a, a you know doing a one-to-one is probably the easiest part of avd you know of a configuration um it's the the, the multi-sessions that are a bit more complex that you could easily get a machine up and running and try it out yeah or you could um create a windows 365 uh, box and check out its um you know its cpu that it's got to see what SKU that you maybe want to go to, if that makes sense. <laughs> and that, yeah, <laughs> not that I've done think, that at all, right? <laughs> I think we were, I think we chose right, didn't we, when we were doing our uh, AVD project? Both, um, well, no, from the 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 little investigation I've done of my Windows three six five environment, um, we completely nailed the exact. Um, both were AMD, and I think we had the exact. I'm not sure it was the exact, I think they might be using slightly different boxes, but it was like the same family of chips, basically. <laughs> so we were pretty, yeah, we were pretty close. That's for sure. And just talking about costs, if you are looking at AVD, just make sure you're looking at memory optimized instances. Um, that's that's quite important um, for, for when you're deciding that, because that can make a big for multi difference. Multi-session, yeah. Yeah, for multi-session, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and actually, in fairness, actually, even not multi-session, really, if you think about it as well, because, mm. you know, the, the CPU requirements of a user, um, you know, it, from from what I've seen and, and our usage of it, it's it's always memory. It seems like always memory pressure, if, if that makes sense, and more than it is um, CPU. But, yeah. Um, okay, so what... Okay, so, but we've got um, ABD costs. Um, so, so AVD on top of Azure is... Do, do we have to pay for that? Like the AVD service, if that makes sense? Is there a cost there? It's included in your Windows 365 E5 or Windows 365 E3 E5 subscription that you, you probably have with your Microsoft 365 E3. Um, or it's part, or you can pay per user per month with okay. it. But generally, most people, most users are going to be licensed for it because they're using, you know, because they're going to have their their, you know, their current desktops, things like that, in a, in a large organization. So it's it's generally paid for or included sort of thing at that point. How does it then work if you like doubling up 
on that license? Like if you had a laptop as well, do you, because it's per user, does it matter that it's... No, not f- not from a not from an, uh, a Windows 365 E3, E3 subscription. I think you can have up to five machines. Okay, right. And even Windows machines. Windows machines with that. Yeah, yeah that's Windows okay, machines, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. And then, you, yeah. Yeah, and then you've got your Intune. So... Um, okay, but in but yeah. theory, you're only really using like one thing at a time aren't you i suppose yeah. if if you're using it full screen right so yeah um so that that was going to lead me on to my next question what on top of so avds so windows 365 is like a all-in-one avd seems to me like as long as you've got the windows license you just pay for the azure compute on top of that resources um what what about other costs on top of that um license costs and things like that you think you just mentioned Windows yeah, well. so you still got to manage the devices. So you're probably going to be using Tune, hopefully, to manage them or Config Manager, or could go down. Don't make that party. face, Alan. You just said yeah. Config Manager <laughs> for for everybody listening. Cloud, cloud, <laughs> I can see Alan on the cloud. webcam. You can't see him, but <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry to all the Config Manager <laughs> experts no, in the audience. I've used Config Manager. It's not. It's fine. Um, but. Yeah, Config Manager um, or other tooling, you're going to need to buy that to still manage them. Um, so, yeah, and that doesn't matter where it's AVD or Windows 365 because they're, in effect, Windows 10 and Windows 11, so you can manage them in as an endpoint. So it's completely different to a sort of the old, not old, but the you know RDS servers being Windows Server and having to work out how you manage them and how you manage user interface and stuff like that. So That more traditional approach, right? You know, yeah, that's been done for a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's that. Um, you know, if you want to secure access to AVD or Windows 6.5, you're probably going to need um, a, a you know, Azure AD Premium Plan 1 at least. So you can do conditional access. If you don't have that, then you can just use the, the security defaults to you know, enforce MFA every time. Um, the other things on there is for both of them at least from the windows 365 enterprise onwards you do need that windows 365 license to use to use it so you do have to have in effect a m365 e3 really um to run it um and of course if you want to use office and everything else you've still got to buy you know the users have got to be subscribed to it all so you can't really you can buy you can use avd or windows 365 without it but you'd have to buy a Windows E3 license for them to use it, and then they wouldn't be able to use Office or anything, which is okay. You might have a scenario for that. You might have a contractor that needs to connect to a different application um, for it. But some of the other costs as well is potentially networking from Windows 365. So Windows 365, you can connect it. You can have it the, the network Microsoft managed. So it's just going out to the internet, so no connection. But if you want it to connect to your corporate network and access your internal um, resources, or it needs to connect to Active Directory because you've gone down the hybrid joined route, then it needs to connect to a, a VNet in Azure. And, of course, AVD connects to a VNet in Azure. So it's the same cost at that point for that part of it between them. But it's just worth considering that. Don't th- I guess it's kind of understanding that actually there's a lot of crossover 
on some of these on some of these um additional stuff you need um some of it you probably already have but it's just think you know it's worth considering between the two yeah so so neither of them are uh from a software um perspective a a one and done like single you know payment you've you've still got all of the administration of the the machine itself you know um so you know think about it from my perspective think about them like endpoints that you still got to manage right mm-hmm. you know um so yeah okay that's that's good to know um so should we should we talk about um how they're used and how you interact with you know are they f- um functionally the same from a, a user experience perspective so there are some differences um so the windows 365 side is in effect you go full desktop with and uh you can use the remote desktop app or the windows 365 app that's from the store um with windows 365 you're able to restart it from that app um maybe try and do some troubleshooting that microsoft will try and do in the background um but generally that's probably kind of it from the interface um and remote with the remote desktop app it's in effect it turns up as one of the, the machines in there that you can connect to now with avd you can have that same experience you can jump to a multi-session box where you've got multiple users on, you know, doing, you know, standard uh, or the same similar um, day-to-day you know, running of, you know, uh, operations, I guess, or what, you know, their day-to-day jobs on them. Um, you can have a different scenario where you have, like I talked about before, you can have a one-to-one personal machine, a pool of machines. Um, but also you can do um, something called remote app which in effect is bringing, instead of you going to a full desktop, like those other three or four scenarios we just talked about, you can just bring the application to the to the user's like view. So if they're just using Outlook, you can just, you know, as a button on there for Outlook, they double click it. It launches the right desktop session, but only displays them or presents them Outlook. And it just looks like it's on the machine. So if they're doing the you know, other work locally and they can just go to Outlook, which is in their you know, business. Same thing for any other application. So you could have um, Word on there, you know, Excel potentially could be the remote, the, the RDP app to then RDP into into your infrastructure if you're using it as like a privileged access workstation. Um, so there's def- definitely more flexibility there about how you represent or present your applications before. And I think, um, like we said, AVD is very similar to, you know, on-premise you know, a standard, you know, traditional RDS as well as, you know, Citrix. Because Citrix, you know, Citrix has that, I can't remember what it's called now, but, you know, in effect, the remote app capability. I think they've always had that. So it's, you can just sit in a browser and, you know, just open up your office. You don't have to worry about the user having to go full desktop kind of thing. Yeah, so there is a, you know, if you do just want to share singular applications with, with users, I suppose AVD is your only so you know the only thing that will give you that flexibility to do that right you know so um if you are replacing an environment you know that you've currently got with with that sort of functionality that's the way to go um but but i suppose you know from my perspective the user experience of connecting to both is very similar isn't it you know it it might be you, you might approach it in a slightly different app um but 
you know, but the experience is is near on identical, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely the same. Um, there there are some slight differences with Windows Six Five because Microsoft's bringing out some new new app apps to use it with, and different scenarios like the Windows three six five switch app, which isn't out yet, um, which allows you to um, in effect. Uh, because with Windows 10, Windows 11, you can have multiple desktops. In effect, one of those desktops can be your remote one. So it kind of makes it a bit more seamless when using it, when using it from a you know, personal machine, etc., or potentially from your own, you know, your own um, corporate machine. Um, but yeah, apart from that, from that sort of those parts, it's you know, the technology and the experience of getting onto it is the same. Okay, um, so we've sort of talked about the. Um, the boxes themselves and how users connect to it. Um, what sort of applications can can run on these these environments? Is is there a difference between the two? Um, and do do I have to think about my applications, you know, on either? So, if you're going for your one to one sort of scenarios, then it acts like a, a PC, a desktop. So you haven't got to worry too much. And when they're they're um they're um especially with AVD when they're um, persistent to that user, then it acts, you know, exactly the same way as a, as a desktop PC. So all applications will run on it. Um, and it's exactly the same. Um, it just becomes uh, when thinking about multi-session or non-persistent um, VDIs, that's when you need to consider about the applications because some applications might not be happy with running in a multi-session environment. They might only be able to run one of them at one time. You also need to check your licensing with that application, see if it's allowed to be run multiple times on a machine. You, know, you might have a per machine license, and having ten people on there might, you know, be you know, in, you know might um, invalid, you know, invalidate the um, your your license agreement with that software. Um, and there may be other things where you know it, it, some applications don't make sense to be in a multi-session host. You know, potentially you could say you know, um, full on, de- you know, f- say full on, but, you know, um, advanced developers, you know, they're using large IDEs to, you know, build software. You know, may have to have certain pieces of software installed, but you might have different users requiring different versions, things like that. So then that's very difficult to manage on a multi-session device sort of thing. Yeah, just thinking about like licensing as well, because there is it's, some software is, you know, and can detect the operating system it's on, and it's potentially different licensing. Is is AVD utilizing Windows Server, or are we actually is this just straight up like Windows eleven, Windows ten multi session? Correct. Yeah, it's Windows ten, Windows eleven, and then yeah, Windows ten and Windows eleven multi session. So yes, they are there are and you know proper endpoint. I say proper endpoints. You know proper end user endpoints end rather points, than yeah. than server. So yeah, you're right. Sometimes they do that validation check and go, oh no, I can't run on a Windows server. So that's it, it's gone. You know, that's it's out of the water sort of thing. Um that's what the great thing is about the um the multi-session side of it is it is just Windows 10, I say just, but Windows 10, Windows 11. So the user experience is the same. It's it's you know, user f- more user friendly than maybe yeah, Windows think, Server is. Yeah, I think when you use the word just then, it's the simplicity of that environment. It's not like these users are actually inter- interacting with a server operating system. It should feel, you know, natural to them, yeah. like their their endpoints that they're used to at the moment. 
Yeah, definitely. And um, okay, so I, I think we've spoken about it, um, you know, as we've gone through, but I suppose, you know, operational overhead, um, you know, what is the differences between uh, both sides? Yeah, so as we kind of mentioned before, you know, Windows 365, you're in effect paying for Microsoft to look after the infrastructure side of it. So the the hosts, the the networking, if you're not going to go via, you know, your own networking, you know, they manage its uptime, things like that. They don't manage the operating system itself. That is down to you still. So again, there is that, that you know, constant um, or that similarity between the two. Um, with AVD, as we said, you know, you look after the whole infrastructure from, you know, AVD configuration to, um, to the, you know, spinning up the virtual machines. So there is quite a bit more overhead on from the infrastructure perspective, but it depends on how much it changes as well. Because, you know, if you're only adding new virtual machines or rebuilding them, potentially it's not too much effort. Like if, if you've got, you know, like we said, you know, if you've got, um, teams that are used to managing uh, virtual machines in Azure, it's not going to be too much, you know, too, too, you know, sim- dissimilar to that. As well as, you know, if you've got, in- if you're managing endpoints with Intune anyway, that's just, you know, it's the same sort of thing. So there is, you know, there's that slight difference. Um, but some of that can be, you know, some of that can be taken away from you, you know, instead of potentially Microsoft doing it, you could get a partner in to help manage your, that environment for you. You know, that happens with Citrix as well today, you know, or or Citrix or other, you know, RDS technologies that an organization comes in and helps deploy and manage it. Um, It's day-to-day running. So it doesn't necessarily have to mean you have to have the skills. It's just obviously got to include that. The, The great thing around both of them really is that because it's all in Azure, you don't have to buy hardware up front. When it's physically, you know, when it's on premise, you haven't got to predict what your your sizing is at that point. Really, it's all flexible generally. Yeah, because we're not we're not we're not comparing here. You know, the cost of a laptop to an AVD really. Well, we are, but we're not really because if you were to do if you were to roll your own RDS, you've got to buy server infrastructure. Yeah. To do that, and then potentially licensing on top of that, especially if you're talking like a you know. A Citrix, Citrix and, and even, RDS, yeah, yeah. yeah, an RDS. Like, there's extra, there's those things to think about, you know, as well. So, yeah, I think the Windows three six five sort of frames it in a way that it seems like a lap, like a laptop specification, yeah. doesn't it, or a desktop specification? But actually, when you're doing that comparison, it's against server infrastructure to Windows three six five um, as well. Yeah, I mean the the. The Windows 365 is, you know, um, marketed or positioned as a cloud PC for users, which is what it is, you know, and that's, you can get that with, with AVD as well. Um, but yeah, again, overheads, you know, potentially you still might have to manage your networking with it um, and things like that. And uh, again, like I was saying with AVD, yes, you could get someone else in, um, Potentially, if you're deploying, you know your inf- your infrastructure as code, it can be terraformed. It can be ARM template. It can be bicept. You know, you can do that to to simplify. You know, if you've got a template of a type 
of machine that you know if you need to spin a new one up you can it's not it's some of it is um did you just use the word simplify and terraform by well i was just about to uh, (laughs) say that uh, the way that we've been doing it is yeah yeah, we if you think about well it's it's a good point that when when we did our terraform for our our stuff there's quite a lot of steps that we'd have to rinse and repeat a lot and now we can spin up we can spin up an avd environment with yeah, multiple AVD invites within sort of twenty minutes now. Yeah, the this this the simplest yeah the simplicity comes from the orchestration at scale, doesn't yeah. it? You know, and the repeatability. You know, you make that investment in infrastructure as code, and yes, it is definitely slower than clicking buttons in the portal. Are completely you know, a hundred percent. But once it is created, it is repeatable. You know, in you know, if you want to spin up new environments, you know, you're effectively, you know, uh, duplicating uh, what, what you're creating, you know, like, you know, uh, carbon copying, potentially, you know, uh, infrastructure, you know, things like um, disaster recovery um, and things like that. You know, there's lots of good mitigations with infrastructure as code um, as well. Um, one thing I just wanted to ask is, is there a consideration for if I... Let's say I had um, 20 users, let's say, and um, they were pretty lightweight users. Um, and let's say I would buy on the Windows 365 side, I'd buy 20 SKUs for those users, for cloud PCs. Um, but on the AVD side, I could potentially spread those 20 users across, let's say, four hosts, right? Is there a... If I, if I'm go, if 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 my workload is multi-session compatible, could I potentially reduce the amount of like patching and management of the boxes because I've only got four versus twenty? Now, how does that work from a day-to-day, you know, IT management perspective? Yeah, that's 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 probably a good scenario actually. That yeah, if you've got users that in Windows three six five, you'd have to give them you know, individual machines. Which you know would would be what you do you know give them a desktop a laptop anyway potentially you know if they were joining the organization, but if they've got their own equipment or they've got some lightweight equipment maybe some thin terminals etc. Um, that you're you're pushing out to them to to save you know save save some costs from hardware perspective, um, then. Yeah, from a patching perspective in Windows 65, you'd have to patch, you know, you'd have to patch and manage 20 machines. Um, and you're right with AVD, potentially you could get that down to four machines. That's quite different when you could do it at scale because potentially you could have, um, say you've got um, the organization as a team in finance, say, and it's, it's got 300 users in it. Um, and they, you know, you've got, um, they've all got their own machines, um, say, and you want them to, you want to give them a, you know, secure access to a, to a cloud PC. So yeah, that'd be three, 400 machines for each user in Windows 365, or potentially if they're just using Excel, Word, things like that, it might only be 10 machines, 15, maybe it depends on your, depends on the size of the VMs and things like that. And their the their actual workload. You're right, um, but then that means you only got to patch fifteen machines. Now there is potential um, risk the other way in that if you patch one one of those machines, you could potentially take 
a, you know one fifteenth of those users out because you it may patch incorrectly where it's you know you patch once you only take one user out it's, it's a thing to consider you may want maybe an extra machine in there so that you can um you've got one spare to patch with kind of thing but yeah because because the, these these users if it's multi-session they're going to potentially they're all going to roam aren't they with roaming profiles right that's how uh, you would roam with could... roam profiles or fs logics yeah 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 okay yeah yeah sorry yeah yeah fs logics um so really as long as you've got the spare capacity so like if you've got a host pool in theory you could add another host to that host pool for not for capacity but for this you know business continuity requirement right you would pay your ongoing disk cost and you've got to patch it i suppose but like you say because i kind of see that the so so there's a mitigation strategy for that but i do get that you know one box is maybe shared by five people and like you say if something screwy goes on with that box you could have an issue but the other side to that is is that if you were to rebuild that box because all of those profiles are like remote profiles, then as long as the box is rebuilt and up, they will just be able to log back in and they will have the same experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would kind of see it the other way with Windows 365 is that, okay, your radius for disruption is lower because it's just one user, you know, one like, user. Yeah, yeah. But on the flip side is that user can't then jump to another box, can they? It's no, because they have to wait for their machine to be reprovisioned. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. So, um, and th- their profile on Windows three six five is local, local. If I yeah. right, so yeah, well, any with with yeah, with the exception of their you know, if we're using um, OneDrive to do the train folder yes. redirection, yeah. but yeah, there will be preferences in that. If oh yeah, all the important stuff. Not just your Word documents. Or software that, installed. Yeah, because they yeah, might have, yeah, yeah, have yeah. custom... Yeah. Custom configuration, yeah, yeah, and all of that sort of stuff. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think that's just worth talking about because that is quite a key difference in terms of, at a large scale, how you manage those users, right? For smaller businesses, local profiles, rebuild it if you need to, maybe less disruption, but larger, more complex, you know, potential workloads may require that level of, you know, uh, business continuity in the event that something like that happens because we, yeah, we know how relatively easy it is to bring up another avd host right even if you had to yeah, do it manually it, in the portal it might be that you build your capacity so that you can you can lose one in oh, and it, doubt, you know, yeah, the other yeah. machines can take it yeah. sort of thing yeah other hosts so at least then you've got that you know when there's no you know, when there's no issues when the patching's not taking place they've all got you know extra capacity and then when something goes wrong with one one host, there's capacity for the others to yeah, cause, take it whilst you fix it. Yeah, because we're talking about, you know, let's say we go from 20 users to four hosts as a, just a random example. Adding f- f- hosts five or and or six is only your disk cost going forward because in theory, on a normal day-to-day basis, you're not going to boot them anyway, right? They're going to be yeah, deallocated, true. ready for you to go. Um, you do have to think about whether there's actually capacity to bring them up at that point. That's another conversation, I suppose, as well. But but you, you're going, you're still going from twenty to six. You know, you're still halving, or over, mm. way, way over halving. You know, you know, sixty percent reduction in the amount of hosts that you've got to patch. You know, that seems like it could save a lot of time. You know, for teams. 
Yeah, definitely. Especially, especially if you do have a large workforce that can use multi-session, maybe you have that. Maybe that's why you've gone down an RDS solution generally anyway. And you can, like I said, if you may already have Citrix, things like that, you know, it might be stores that are connecting in or, you know, the manufacturing, you know, well, factories and things like that, you know, connecting in where you don't, they don't, you know, they, they might not have capacity to actually, you know, have machines physically. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> because again, both technologies can, you know, you can access them from any, pretty much any device anyway. So that's a bonus, you know, it can be on their tablets or whatever to access Outlook, things like that, you know. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Alan, is there any other bits? I'm out of questions. Um, I think you've covered the differences in, you know, I, I think the key takeaway for me is that they're very similar tools and it's not which is better, it's which is right for you and it could even be a combination of the two. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, that is, that's, that's, that's absolutely correct. It's that it's not one's better than the other. It's, it's does it fit your scenario? Does it meet your need? And do you need both? I, I see a lot of organizations using both where they need, you know, art, you know, remote machines because there are, don't get me wrong. If you, you know, if one makes sense than the other, that's absolutely fine. It's not a, a thing, but we're just seeing, we're seeing in our, you know, organizations, even within ours, you know, we're seeing a combination. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you very much for that, Alan. That was a great, um, uh, overview. So, in comparison so thank you very much for that um what's our next episode going to be about oh well, our next episode is about the podcast it's our, <laughs> our season finale so um it's our yes episode 21 it's the end of this season yeah um so we can have a break to build build some content or get some content and um start again in what a couple of well two or three three or four weeks coming when we say we're going to start we'll have to work that out but yeah but yeah so it's just a, a recap, really, about what we've done, what we've changed, what we might plan to do for season four. Can't yep. believe we're on season four. We're looking to even think about season four. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we'll yeah we'll take a take a short break in between the seasons, like Alan said, to you know um, rest up, you know, and come back with some some good ideas for the for the podcast going forward. And yeah, next week we'll just have a a wrap up, quite a light hearted session. Um, of just uh, yeah uh, reviewing and sort of going through what we've learned over the past 20, 20 weeks i'll call it 20 weeks <laughs> yeah it's crazy cool uh, so if you've enjoyed this episode please do consider subscribing if you'd like to listen to more of this sort of content in the future we have many more topics that we'd like to cover and your listens and support is what will continue to fuel the podcast going forward we also have the ability for you to give some feedback do you enjoy this episode disagree with our thoughts of or if I missed something out, um, please uh, use the form in our show notes to take us to our site to uh, leave us a message. We've also got the ability to um, do a voice message in the bottom right corner of our site. So check it out and um, yeah, send us a message. Perfect. Thanks very much, Alan, and we'll catch you all next week. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Speak soon. Bye.